Welcome. This is All the Fuck In, a podcast from two entrepreneurs about showing up for social justice in your work. This isn't your typical capitalist-focused entrepreneurial business podcast. There are already plenty of those. We're here because we've been craving voices rooted in activism, justice, and integrity with those values. These are conversations about all things business and entrepreneurship, but from a radical perspective that says we don't have to choose between social justice values and being successful in our work. This won't be a place where we claim to have all the answers. Our intention is to offer guidance and support while also encouraging our listeners to discover and live into more questions. We believe these conversations require ongoing practice and a consistent dedication to unlearning. If you're ready to go all the fuck in on what matters most while creating an abundant life, you're in the right place. And a quick note on our content, we believe self-care is radical and non-negotiable in the work of both justice and entrepreneurship. So some of these conversations include mention of trauma, both from a systemic and often racialized perspective and in relationship to experiences like sexual violence. We hope you do what you need to take care of yourself while listening, even if that means pausing and returning to an episode at another time or skipping it altogether. Well, hi, Brooke. So glad to have you on the podcast. Um, For everyone listening today, Tristan and I are talking to my friend and co-conspirator on all things business, I feel. I don't really know how to describe you, but um, (laughs) Brooke Monaghan, who is a business coach for entrepreneurs. Um, She's a writer. She's a podcaster. Um, Brooke, you just have like been so inspiring to me on all things business for such a long time. And it's crazy to me. We were just talking about before we recorded that we've never met in person. Um, But I'm so excited just to have you here. And if you wouldn't mind starting with um, sharing about your social location. So identities that you carry and then your, any astrology, I guess, that you would like to divulge with our audience. Sure. So yeah, I am Brooke Monahan. Um, I use the pronouns she, her, and I am, I come with a whole bunch of privilege. Um, I am a white cisgender heterosexual woman. And I, um, definitely recognize that privilege. And even in being asked to come on this podcast, Mm. I was like, Oh my gosh, what do I have to say on this? So, you know, it brought up all sorts of feelings there. Um, and I, you know, I really like, and I know that this is not the way that we would typically think about this maybe, but coming on this podcast, I have to say that like being an entrepreneur is like part of my identity to my very core. I have been obsessed with entrepreneurship for most of my life. And I am really excited to be here because I recognize um, all of the ways that we think of a typical, like a quote, typical entrepreneur. And I think that it is a very white male dominated sort of narrative. And so 
I struggle almost with balancing even just being a woman with my entrepreneurship. So I'm just so glad that you guys are doing this podcast. Um, And as far as astrology goes, I don't know much about my astrology, except that I am a Taurus. And um, yeah, I, we had a little chat about this before, but I don't know a whole lot about it. So I'd be so curious to do your chart sometime. Not that I'm an astrology expert, but I'd be very more than welcome to. I love people I've had. There's a human design reader who has like sent me things for free because she is very like you need to like, I need to do this for you. And people love to do those things for me. And I love reading them and receiving them. But for some reason, it just never sticks as something that I, you know, continue with. So. Awesome. Well, um, usually when we interview folks, um, we ask them just to share about their own entrepreneurship journey. I know, I feel like I knew a good part of your story, but I don't know the entire thing. So I'm really excited to hear about where you started, where you are now all, I mean, you've gone through so many evolutions, even just in the time I've known you in the last mm-hmm. year ish. So yeah, whatever you want to share on your, your journey. Yeah. So, I mean, I come from a very entrepreneurial family um, and, but in kind of a like working class self-employed sort of way. So it's really interesting because I think that before maybe, maybe even at some point this year, like early this year, if you had asked me if I came from an entrepreneurial family, I don't think that I, that I identified that way. But when I think back on it, everybody in my family was self-employed. And I, and this is very relevant to my entrepreneurship story because um, I have always battled with this sort of like, there is the narrative of entrepreneur and what does entrepreneur mean? And I think that we see it in a very uh, specific sort of rigid way. And actually there's like so many different kinds of businesses that people have and people run businesses in all different ways anyways. So like my, like my whole dad's side of the family, they're all like lobstermen. And so like, they literally just run boats um, and have never worked for anyone in their entire life. And I really think that I inherited like the, that side of my family runs so deep in me where like, if you tr- like try to tell me what to do, cause I, it's really, I resist so hard. And I actually think that it's where my language comes from as well. Like in that, I just swear constantly. Um, <laughs> it's just fine to do on this show, by the way, considering we're called all the fuck in, you get the, you get the clear yeah. green light yeah. on swearing. We hit yeah. the explicit button for every episode. Yep, always. <laughs> Hashtag always explicit. <laughs> yes. And also, you know, my grandmother um, was a huge part of my entrepreneurial kind of I didn't realize what a big part of my entrepreneurial journey she was until she passed over this past summer. And my grandmother was just a character. Like she was unlike anyone that you have ever met in your life. Some in some ways that were better than others. Um, But she ran a very strange business. Like she made handmade costumes of like children's characters and would deliver balloons to birthday parties and she started doing this in like the 80s and she was super independent refused to rely on a man like was divorced in the you know 60s and like my parents were the only 
like my mom didn't know any other kids at the time who had divorced parents. And my grandmother was just like on her own teaching art classes in the neighborhood to make money and like running this business. And, um, I just, I think about her all the time in terms of my entrepreneurial journey, because I think that I was getting all of these influences from both sides of my family that were just like, the only way that you can really truly be who you are is to incorporate that into your work. And the only way that you're going to be able to do that is to work for yourself. And I don't know, I don't think that's true for everyone, but for me, that ran really deep. And so I actually worked retail for a really long time. And then I was working project management for a long time and always wanted to start my business and always for whatever reason, just thought that I just couldn't, like, I just thought there was something about me that just meant that I couldn't be a successful entrepreneur. And I didn't actually start officially start my business until I moved across the country my husband got a job and we were moving across the country and I was like, well, I could find another job or I could just say, I was the time not doing it. And so I actually told my work that I was going to be leaving and they had a total, um, they didn't handle it well. Like they were very happy for me, but they didn't know what they were going to do. And I was like, well, I know that you need a project manager. So why don't you just hire me back on a contract basis and I'll just work. And that was my first client and I still work with them. Um, and basically what ended up happening was like, I started my business doing what I thought that I was like, quote, supposed to be doing, um, which was what my background was in. And that was project management and process improvement and operations and systems and that sort of thing. And I did some just virtual assistant stuff in the beginning. And, but the whole time I knew that like people didn't really, the people that were coming to me that were attracted to me didn't really need that. What they needed was to understand why they were holding themselves back from doing what they truly wanted to be doing in their business, mm -hmm. which is what I had done for so long. Mm -hmm. And you can get all the information for what to do or how to do it, but until you understand why you're doing that, like why you're doing that to yourself, like why I ran my business, ran a business that I didn't even want for like months before finally people would come to me and ask me to coach them. And I would be like, I don't, I'm not a coach. I can't. And I knew the whole time that that's what I wanted to be doing, but I just felt like I wasn't allowed to for some reason. Um, and so I totally burnt myself out. I talk about this a good bit on my podcast. Um, I've talked about this at length. I disappeared for like five months last year, actually right around this time. And then when I came back, I was just like, I can't do that again. Like me running a business that is not who I really am. I may as well just be working at the gap again. Like what's the difference? So I refuse and I sent out an email and I, well, so I, I came back because COVID happened and all of my contracts got canceled and I had literally no money coming in. And I sent out an email and um, Lauren immediately was on my email list and immediately responded to it and like got the ball rolling again on my new business, this new iteration doing this coaching. And it's the best thing I've ever done in my life. So, so one-on-one -on -one coaching for other entrepreneurs is like, started in March, 2020, basically you're saying. Um, one-on-one -on -one coaching started in, yeah. I mean, I was doing coaching before, but not in that way. I was doing it in a very specific, like you need help with your systems and like getting right. organized kind of way. I was not talking mindset until 
May. Okay. Maybe. Wow. Of 2020. But you were on your podcast and on Instagram. That's what, yeah, that's what's so funny is your podcast is how, well, I found out about you because your coach and my coach are friends. So Tiffany Hahn, shout out to Tiffany. I was listening to her podcast and she had you on and I was like, damn, okay. This person really knows what she's talking about when it comes to being an entrepreneur. And it was all mindset stuff. Your podcast was all about your entrepreneurship journey. And like, yeah, your content was about systems and all that kind of stuff. But underneath that was, what are you doing? Like, how are you avoiding the real work of building your business around your mindset by like, wait, now I'm mixing myself up. I had too much coffee today. I'm really sorry. <laughs> well, you're right, though. I mean, I was constant. I was, I've been talking about when I started my business and this is kind of a big part of, I'm really glad that you brought that up. Cause this was a big part of it is that I was so, I had gone so long gathering information about entrepreneurship and how to start a business years, like 10 years. And none of it helped. Like none of it did anything for me until I heard a podcast with Tiffany Hahn, who you just mentioned, Lauren. And I was like, oh, this is my problem. It's not that I don't know what to do. It's that for some reason, I just like think that I'm stuck in this life. Like it was just this whole thing. And so I was like, when I start my business, I'm talking about it out loud from day one. I will not delete anything that I put up. I will not perpetuate the idea that this happens on this straight line to success. I will not like do that shit. And so to this day, like if you can go back to, I started my Instagram when I started my business, you can go back and look at all of the embarrassing shit that I was posting. Like I consider it very embarrassing. Like the things that I was saying like a year ago and I refuse to take it down. My podcast, I started my podcast the month that I started my business. Wow. And just started talking about it and was like, I have no clue what I'm doing. The first episode is called winging it. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And you can listen to my podcast, except for the five months where I disappeared. You can listen to my podcast and hear the entire journey. And so people were like, wait, I'm supposed to hire you for like, what though? Cause that's not what I was talking about. And so the moment that I allowed myself to do what I really wanted to do, it just like everything clicked into place and it all made sense. But yeah. So. Amazing. I want, will you, we can include this in the show notes, but just for people who are listening, will you share the name of your podcast? Cause we haven't mentioned the actual name yet. Yeah. It's, um, it's called transcend your dichotomy. Um, if you listen to it from the beginning, you will hear the old title, but it, I just, and again, I was like, I'm leaving it all up. I'm not redoing like, I want the iterations visible Yeah. because I I really think that this idea that like you just learn how to do it and then you just follow the steps and then you just do it perfectly. And like, that's how things happen is just not helpful to anybody. Yeah. I'm so with you. I leave all my old content up too, for the same reasons. Like it's, it might still provide value and it shows context for my own professional and personal evolution, which is, you know, right. Valuable in and of itself. Would you mind, Brooke, sharing now that you've said twice that you disappeared for five months, what yeah. you mean when you say you disappeared for five months? Yeah. So, okay. So I started my business to, let's be clear, like be able to do what I really wanted to do with my life. Right. And to like have freedom and like live life on my own terms. And then I very quickly built like all of these rules and structures around like how I was going to do it perfectly. And 
I was totally out of alignment with what I actually wanted to be doing. I was making myself do things the way that I thought I quote should be doing things. And by like November of last year, which was not that long into running my business, I was so exhausted and all that I wanted was a break. So what I did in my genius and all of my, my <laughs> doing things perfectly was I thought, well, if I'm going to take a break, it needs to be seamless. So the podcast still needs to be going out. The newsletter still need to be going out. So oh I'm going to do all of that ahead of time and just schedule it all out. And so basically what I did was at the moment where I needed rest and I needed to like listen to myself, I loaded myself up with double the work to try to flawlessly execute this like time off. And a month break turned into five months and I gave up. Like I gave up. I was like, I'm not bringing on new clients. I, I have a dog walking like side hustle. I mean, like I had one, like for the first year that I walked dogs to let as like a thing to just bring in like consistent money. Um, I still walk one dog two days a week, by the way. And it's like like, synergy. I think, I think through so much shit while I'm walking dogs. Same. Oh, so, um, I, put myself out there. And I was like, I will lock more dogs. I will lock your dogs more often. And then I went to that one, one client that had me on a retainer and I offered to do more work for them. And I basically just sustained myself through those two things. And I just, I stopped the podcast stopped newsletter stopped. My Instagram went silent and I really just gave up on bringing on new people. And the whole time I knew like, I have all my eggs in this one basket right now and what's going to happen. But I also just, I had pushed myself so hard that I didn't have anything in me. Like there was nothing left to give. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then COVID happened and I was forced to figure something out. And I was like, you know what? I'm not doing that again. So I need to just figure out how to do this in a way like I'm going to do the things that I actually want to be doing. And if it doesn't work out, then I mean, I don't know. We'll find out when it doesn't work out, but I'm not going to keep myself out of the game anymore sort of thing. So I love this so much. I just had this thought this week that I'm self-imposing a schedule on myself that is completely like it's old. It's like, you know, it's like from when I was working for other people and they were expecting me to be at my desk by a certain time and available between certain hours, I'm still doing this, even though I'm working for myself. Like, it just occurred to me this week that I could give myself permission to stay in bed, to start my day at 10 a.m., to start my day at 11 a.m. Like, I could give myself permission to take a whole day off in the middle of the week. I'm 38 years old. I've been running my business for two and a half years. It's just now landing with me. And also, I will name that I'm having an impossible time actually acting on it. So, but like stage one, like I'm just recognizing, like I've been imposing this mindset on myself that is completely misaligned with reality and holding me back from taking care of myself and having a work-life balance and taking advantage of the freedom and the autonomy and the independence that I wanted in working for myself. So what you're saying is really resonant in this moment for me. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. 
I was just going to say what I want to name too, especially for anyone listening who's like, oh, fuck, that's me. Like none of this is a personal failing, right? Like this is totally. how we get conditioned and socialized and how dominant culture teaches us to be. Um, and so of course, you know, when you're newer to something like entrepreneurship, the default that you'll go back to consciously or not, most likely not consciously is this grind and like pushing yourself, adding more work because you need a break <laughs> like that, that kind of instinct is built in, even though it's not based in what we actually need and what reality is. Yeah. Yeah. And I really think like one of the biggest issues that I have with what I'm seeing in the like business development, like especially on Instagram business development space, like business coaches and that sort of thing is perpetuating this idea that like one, you can't trust yourself, like meaning you can't trust your body when you know that you need rest or you can't trust your own ideas. You can't trust your own way of doing things. Shit's going to go off the rails. If you don't do things a certain way, if you don't do things a certain way, you're irresponsible. Um, and like this idea that you, if you like slow down, that you might not realize that like everything's going to shit, but trust us, everything's going to go to shit. So like buy into all of these sort of like measures to manage yourself. And so much of what we do, like, I think that through school, we were taught this, I mean, at least in the United States, like public school system, but like we were, we definitely are taught this. I think that we're taught this in all of our regular jobs before we become entrepreneurs that like, we are almost a problem to be managed. And I see so often with entrepreneurs that I work with that we split ourselves. We think that we're like two different people. There's like the bad us that needs to be managed. And then the good us that knows how to manage us. And we create this sort of conflict, like where we are keeping ourselves so boxed in and it's almost like we we don't it's it's really uncomfortable to exist without those pressures on yourself for the first time because things feel so much easier and because of the fact that you were taught to not trust yourself your mind immediately goes to what am i missing what's not on my radar what am i getting wrong here like what it, what am i doing wrong because it doesn't it, it couldn't possibly be this simple right and Really, I actually think that so much of the work that we need to do if we're going to actually like achieve the freedom that we're after is to do our own work and allowing ourselves to be in those moments where like things can actually be good for a minute. Like just because things sucked <laughs> in your other job or when you were in school or whatever, like that is all created by other people. It is not true that things need to be so fucking hectic and difficult and that you are an issue to be managed all the time. You can actually get shit done and allow yourself to feel good at the same time. And like you're safe when things feel good. Yeah. And created by other people who are fucking selling you something. <laughs> like, let's be real, you know? 
like my foolproof way to make six figures or whatever. Yeah. Or post every single day on Instagram in order to fill in the blank, keep the algorithm happy, make sure that you're growing your audience. It's like, I never tell my clients to post every single day. That's an unrealistic expectation. That's going to lead to burnout. Like it's not sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Lauren, I know you had some questions specifically for Brooke, and I, I want to hear you share some of those. Yeah. Well, actually, the, the the thing about Instagram and like growing your audience just pinged one thing for me around, okay, first of all, you could have 10,000 followers, but if you can't fill your programs, what is the point of having 10,000 followers, right? And Brooke, one thing I've, I've heard you talk about and watched you do um, really elegantly actually, um, is you build really authentic relationships with the folks in your community, whether they're following you on Instagram or on your newsletter list, but it's not a shitload of people. And yet you are selling out your programs, um, and, and doing it in a way that for, at least from where I'm sitting, doesn't seem pushy or slimy or any of those things that, that those words that we tend to associate with heavy marketing. So I don't know if there's anything you want to say around that. Um, and that also leads into stuff around money that I want to ask you about too. So, but let's start with the audience thing. Well, here's the thing, right? Instagram creates a, it makes your brain think that there's a, that reality is one way and it's not that way. And what I mean by that is it is designed to be addictive. It is designed to make you look at it all the time. And we know that for, you know, we know there are studies that show that like teenagers, for example, measure their self-worth based on their statistics on social media, right? Um, We know that when like adolescents are not posting on social media, they think that they've become totally irrelevant to their friends, that their friends have forgotten about them. We know that they think that their friends are all living the best life and they're home depressed and lonely and something's different about them, right? So I don't think that it's any surprise at all that if we spend a bunch of time on Instagram as business owners, we're going to end up in a situation where we think things are working for everybody else, but they're not working out for me. Um, That we're going to think this is the way that everyone builds their business. If the only people that you're watching are people on Instagram, then of course you're going to think that that's how everyone's building their business, but it's not true. There are plenty of business owners out there who don't even have a social media presence. And there are plenty of people on Instagram who have a social media presence who aren't getting their clients from Instagram. And there are plenty of people who are on Instagram every single day getting super inconsistent or no results from it in terms of actually converting into dollars. And I know it because one of the first things that people ask me for help with is I'm posting on Instagram all the time and I don't know why it's not converting into dollars. Like it's one of the most common things that I hear from people. And so I know that Instagram for me is really bad for my mental health. And that's one of the first things that that's really the first place that this whole, like I'm unwilling I'm just unwilling to figure out how to make this work came from. Um, And then I started thinking like, like percentage wise and like conversion rate wise, like I have enough people already in my orbit. Like I don't want to work with a ton of people. I, my group program, like I cap at 15 people. 
So why do I need like 10,000 followers to get 15 people? And why am I going to burn myself out trying to get followers, you know? So I really needed to just get myself off of Instagram, like for a while and get myself around people who were growing their businesses in ways that were not Instagram and start to see that like, that is an illusion. The idea that it needs to be done that way is a total illusion and there are other ways to do it. And um, also like, I just think that, you know, we, people are so sucked into the scroll when they're even looking at your content on Instagram that if you're not going to say something that's going to be impactful enough to get them to stop scrolling, then why are you even saying it? And so this post on Instagram every day or be in your stories all the time, that to me, it perpetuates the scroll. It doesn't catch anyone in the moment of being like, oh shit, I'm going to stop and think about this. Right. And I am able to say things like that only when I'm protecting my mental health enough. And that comes along with not being on that platform. So I just have to figure out another way to make it work. And yeah. Yeah. Quality <laughs> of answers the question. <laughs> Yeah. And like, I mean, you and I both know coaches or other entrepreneurs out there who do like Instagram can be a useful platform for some people. Like if you fucking love Instagram and you love creating content and that is where you authentically connect with your people who want to work with you, like that's great. And that is not me. <laughs> it sounds like that's not you. Um, and I also like, I, I think again, this kind of goes into the money stuff around, you know, um, because I, I know from talking with you, especially over the summer, you've done a lot of work around extracting your own money beliefs and mindset from that capitalistic uh, way of thinking about things, which I think is also what you're speaking to when it comes to Instagram about the number of followers means your value, right? Um, so I would love if you would share with us about your own journey around money. And I, I saw today in speaking of Instagram stories, you posted about raising your prices and I, I really too, needed yeah. to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> that was timely for me. So yeah, anything you want to share on money mindset and and maybe stuff that comes up with clients of yours too around this? Yeah. So it's really funny because I consider money to be probably like the one thing that I, I feel like I have so much money work to do. And this is just one of those things where it's like when you are doing the work, right? It's like people come to you and are like, oh my gosh, you've done so much of this work. Help me. And then we're like, what are you talking about? I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm still doing the work myself. And it's like, oh, it turns out that like none of us have like totally figured it out. Um, but you know, for me, I realized that I have a lot of really deep seated, uh, beliefs around money that came from me watching my parents. Um, my, like to, on a very personal note, but it's important because it's like, this is where this stuff comes from. Um, my parent, my dad was very, like, totally in control of finances and it caused a lot of, it caused like the majority of the tension in my parents' relationship. And my, my mom was definitely controlled like through money. And um, I definitely learned somewhere along the line that um, someone else gets to decide what happens with money. Like I'm not the person who gets to decide that. And what that comes along with is that like, 
somebody else gets to decide what I'm worth. Like other people should set prices or decide what I'm able to make. Um, that somewhere along the line, it's like, it's like, I believed at some point that someone was going to pop up at some point and be like, you're doing a great job. Here's how much money you're going to make. Like, I'll pay you this. And it's like, as an entrepreneur, you realize like, that's your job. Like, if you can't do that, then you find yourself in trouble really fast. Um, no, you can't expect anybody else to tell you what you're worth. And, um, yeah. So I, I, when I realized that, I think that there was a whole bunch of other stuff that came along with that. One of them being that I actually for a long time avoided situations where I could make more money because I, in my mind, thought that that would mean that I would be um, controlled by that person. So, or by that organization, like um, really afraid of promotions, really afraid of situations where I, I would rather do more work and make less so that I'm, I don't owe you anything. Because to me, you giving me money means that my freedom is now taken away because you now in some way like control me. Um, That was huge for me. So if anybody is looking for a great book for this, um, the book Overcoming Under Earning by Barbara Stanny was the book that I've gone through that book twice and did all the exercises in that book twice. Every time that I do it, it brings up more. Um, but I think that there's a couple of things that I just want to say about the money thing in terms of like in the way that this is coming up, I think, especially in like business development. One of them is that we're watching people who are selling themselves solely on their ability to make money. So like I run a business that makes X number of dollars. So I know what I'm doing. And because of the fact that I can make lots of money, you should hire me. And I just want to point out that like, that's very close to being a pyramid scheme. If you don't actually have some way of like talking about money on a deep level or helping people understand their own specific ways that are keeping them from making money. If you're just saying like, just come and work with me and then you're going to get access to me. And then you get access to all of these other people like that. It reminds me of the moment in the office where Michael Scott is like, this isn't a pyramid scheme. And he's like diagramming it. And then Jim comes up and just like draws a pyramid around it. Um, so there's that, but there's also the issue that like this way of like just selling ourselves based off of our ability to make money means that like, For people who have less barriers in the way of them making money or people who just have more access to money right off the bat automatically are like the quote legit ones. And those of those people who don't have that or who are who have more barriers in their way to making money are always going to feel as though they have nothing to say because it kind of perpetuates this idea that like you should only open your mouth if you've figured out how to make a lot of money. And what ends up then ends up happening is you don't open your mouth and thus you don't make money. And it's an impossible situation. So like, <laughs> I've definitely also had to do some work where I'm like, I need to, on my just myself, not ever buy into this idea that you making money means anything 
about your, like you being quote, like legit as a business coach, a business owner, whatever. There's all sorts of shit that goes into why people make the amount of money that they make. And there's that. And then on the other side of the spectrum, we have like, if you talk about money and if you want to make a lot of money, and if you charge a lot of money, then you must only care about money. And that kind of does the same thing where it kind of build, it, it builds us into a scenario where we have two options, which is to be rich and bad or good and poor. And I'm like, I want rich, good people. Like, isn't that what we're after? <laughs> right. So I just like, am always trying to be very aware of these scenarios where like, even on a microscopic level, I'm buying into the idea that um, money, like somehow, me like having money somehow means anything about a person, like that it either makes them more legit or also on their, like on the flip side of that, that having money makes somebody bad because it kind of, I think, puts us in the, these scenarios where like that's where these deep beliefs come from around money that then control our behavior. And I think make us behave in a way where we're actually like fucking ourselves out of having money and yeah yeah like it's not binary right like it's not this or that and and money in the hands of people with these values that we're talking about on this podcast like that money gets spent and cycled and used and leveraged and all of that in very different ways that are liberatory for other folks and not exploiting people. Like we're not talking about the Jeff Bezos of the world to be really clear. You know, we're talking about hopefully folks like us someday, I'm going to say for myself, knock on wood. Um, And yeah, like, I think that's, I think it's really tough, especially in spaces where we're talking about justice and equity and and what that really looks like in practice and giving up power. Like that is not um, an oxymoron for, people thriving basically is what I'm hearing you say. Right. Yeah. And I, and I also just to even follow up on like, yeah, we're not talking about the Jeff Bezos of the world. And also when we watch people making money by manipulating people or by engaging in practices that are like really fucked up. And then we turn around and we watch business coaches literally tell people to like basically lie to people to sell um and teach them these practices that are fucked up it's no surprise that we end up in a situation where we're like oh i only have two options like if i want to survive and or thrive in this world like financially then i have to give up who i really am and like ultimately that is what all of my work comes back around to is that i think that we constantly are finding ourselves in situations where we feel like there's us and the truest most aligned version of us and us all of our values and then there's the thing on the total opposite end of the spectrum being like business success and we have to choose between the two and it's just not true but when we see people who are making money by manipulating or doing things that are fucked up and then we're taught to do those things, it's sort of like, it's like all of these, there's so much that trickles out of that. And what we end up with is this scenario where we really feel like we just couldn't possibly thrive as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, and also be in integrity. And 
that's not true. It's just not true. And I understand where all of that comes from, but that's exactly why I feel like we need to do so much like deep inner work on ourselves and understand where those beliefs come from, because we know that they're not true. And yet we're buying into them on a daily basis. And it's, it's fucking us over and it's fucking other people over because it's keeping people who are the most high integrity people out of positions of power out of, you know, from making the money and all of that. Um, so yeah. Yeah. We've been, we've been talking (laughs) about that a bit in previous episodes too. And I know it's going to be like, we're just seeing so many like repeating themes come up in some of these conversations and that whole one that you're referring to about like, you have to compartmentalize yourself or your values in order to be successful. Like, I mean, I've, I've really been working through that myself and I love the way that you're bringing words and language to it. Yeah. I just had, um, on my podcast, I just had Tanya Geisler on who, um, is an expert on the imposter complex. Mm. And I know that Lauren and I have talked about Tanya before, but Tanya is just such a, first of all, she's just a beautiful example of how you can be an expert on something without oversimplifying it and making people feel like they're wrong for experiencing, um, certain things that are really normal. But also she, when she talks about the imposter complex, like one of the things that she brings into that is that like, the imposter complex is like one of the biggest things I think for entrepreneurs that keeps people out of action um, or, you know, it keeps you out of action and doubting your capacity and, you know, in her words, and um, it all comes from the sense of not belonging. And so the further away from one of the things that Tanya speaks to is that like the further away from this like white male ideal of the entrepreneur you are, or I mean, we can say this for most things, not just entrepreneurship, but if we're talking about entrepreneurship, um, the further away from that you are, the more that you're going to feel like you don't belong. And so you will find yourself in a situation where the imposter complex is going to affect you at an even deeper level, or it's going to impact you even more. And I just, I think that there's so many ways that this kind of like cycle, it's, it almost feeds the cycle and keeps people out. Um, but it's just so, it's so upsetting to me to see it happening in a, (laughs) with people who are out there selling themselves as people who are helping people start businesses. And it's like, but you're participating in things that are systematically keeping lots of people out of starting businesses. So are you really helping? I don't know. And also they're dealing with their own things. And I think that a lot of people are who succumb to that themselves are the ones who are selling these things and they haven't seen it yet. And I really hope that they do. And I feel bad for them in a lot of ways, but yeah. Yeah. And also fuck them. (laughs) (laughs) Compassion and fuck you. Um, Tristan, I don't want to cut you off. No, no, you go, you go. Um, Yeah. I mean, I feel like the thread I'm hearing through this entire conversation that we've had so far is giving yourself permission just to do things in a way that feels like freedom for you. Um, giving yourself permission to not fall into all of these traps that dominant culture has laid for us (laughs) as people trying to do things differently. Um, and I guess I'm wondering, you know, we're recording this at the end of 2020. And as you look ahead to next year, um, maybe the question is what are you giving yourself permission for? in this moment? Hmm. Well, that's a really good question. 
You know, I think that I'm always having to remind myself to just say this, you know what, Lauren, this came up when I did Conjuring Courage with you. Like, just, oh, really? tell, just tell the fucking truth. Just tell the fucking truth all the time, right? This is really what it comes down to. And what I mean by that is just that like, one of the things that I really have a hard time um, not buying into is that like, <clears throat> or what, one of the things that I buy into sometimes is that like, I just shouldn't be talking about certain things. I'm not enough of an expert on that to talk about it. Um, I don't really know what I'm talking about, um, which also the deep belief there definitely comes down to being a woman, um, <clears throat> that somehow I don't understand the way that things actually work, which is like, so not fucking true. Uh, but I have a difficult time moving beyond that sometimes. And I definitely monitor myself and silence myself in situations where I could really help somebody if I said what I knew was true. And so I think that what I'm really trying to, to do is just like allow myself to bring deeper truth to the surface and like say it out loud and know that like, it's not going to be for everybody, but a lot of people really need to hear it. And I know that when I say things that I'm kind of like, it almost makes me cry. And I am almost like, oh my gosh, am I actually going to say this out loud? Those are always the times where people are, people reach out and are like, thank you so much for saying that. Right. So I think just like giving myself permission to just be my own fucking expert. I don't know. Like just say what it is that I know is true at the time and understanding that like, I don't have everything figured out. Nobody does. So it doesn't need to be perfect. And I might change my mind later and that's fine too. But like for the people who are listening to me, I just can't, I, I, I can't, um, monitor myself and then simultaneously tell people to not buy into this bullshit. Right. Yeah. Walking the talk basically. And you know, what, what's underneath this too is um, uh, tolerance for the messiness, right, of, of our evolution. And, and that goes for, you know, our practices around social justice in our business that goes for just us as human beings and all of our wholeness. And that goes back to what you were saying, like you're leaving up all those old posts because people need to see that. We don't see enough of uh, enough people showing us what that journey looked like. Now, I know Tristan, for you, that was a big reason you wanted to do this podcast. Like we hear, we tend to hear about like the success at the end and not so much what it took to get there. Um, and also another thing, Brooke, that you're reminding me of, and I just looked it up. I saw on Instagram the other day from Mantra Magazine. Um, I don't know whose words these were, but it says, don't worry about who will be offended if you speak the truth. Worry about who will be deceived, misled, or destroyed if you don't. Yes. <sighs> Like, that is what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. I remind myself of that all the time because when I watch, you know, one of the things that just really, I, I've, before I kind of got off of Instagram, which I'm on Instagram right now, but I took like almost a month off of it. And before that I had unfollowed like 700 people, like Instagram, like was like, you're not allowed to unfollow anybody else. I was having to like wait 24 hours to quote, protect their community. They were like, you can't, um, which I was like, yeah, fuck you, Instagram. Like I will fuck up your community. But, um, <laughs> I loved it. But 
One of the reasons for that was because I was finding myself constantly just so upset by the things that I was seeing people say. And it was because I was like, you're going to like the wrong, someone who's in a really tender place is going to catch this message right now. And it is going to fuck them over for the next six months. Like this, things like this, where you are telling people. So I will give you an example, actually. Um, and it is the example that made me bring Tanya Geisler onto my podcast. There's a coach who is pretty well, like, I pretty well regarded, like, I mean, people that I respect really like this coach. And she did an entire marketing campaign leading up to launching her new coach training that was based on Imposter complex, imposter syndrome, she called it, which is not the correct terminology, by the way, because it is not a syndrome, but imposter syndrome is not always a bad thing because it might just be showing you that actually you're not qualified. And to be qualified, you need to do a coach certification, a coach that actually knows what they're talking about. And here's my coach certification. Comment. And for me, as somebody who has really struggled with imposter complex and luckily found mentors who knew like about imposter complex and were able to guide me, I'm like, that is so unbelievably harmful for you to say that to somebody. And you're in a space where you are claiming to be helping coaches start their businesses. And you just said that. And effectively, God knows how many people are now not going to take the next step because of the fact that someone that they respected just told them, if you feel like a fraud, you're probably a fraud. So all of this to say that if I don't tell people, hey, guess what? These coaches who are out there who have spent the last 10 years getting intimately familiar with exactly what you're dealing with right now are using what they know is going through your brain and they are leveraging it against you to sell you shit. If I don't say that, do people know it? Like, I don't know. A lot of people probably don't. I think that it takes some time coaching people and learning about some of the patterns that new entrepreneurs go through before you can see that they're being used to develop marketing campaigns. That's so manipulative. And, and so sad, like, because my thought immediately goes to, okay, this person who ran that campaign, like, what wasn't she saying that would actually have been helpful? Like, what, what does she have to offer that people actually need from her? And instead she's choosing to, you know, in this backhanded icky way, um, be like, like perpetuate the stuff that people actually do need support around. Um, and I think that a lot of people end up kind of thinking that they have to do things this way where it's like, well, what are people really struggling with right now? Okay. Then what can I say to appeal to that? And that's good that do that and do it in a way that is constructive and create something that actually adds value and don't oversimplify things and allow yourself to claim, Hey, look, I'm not going to sell you something that is going to magically solve this problem. I know that that's what you're looking for. And I refuse to sell you that because I know that it's bullshit. You're allowed to say that as an entrepreneur. And that was like the genius of your copywriting with my website was like, you think you like, basically the formula you gave me was you think you need this, 
but here's what I know and here's what you actually need. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and and I, I, this has come up as we're, you know, shameless plug for social justice for entrepreneurs with Tristan and Charlie and me. But that was one thing as I was writing that copy. And I think you may have looked at it and given me this feedback. It's like, you're not going to come out of this with a perfect checklist of how to be a perfect social justice activist in your business, but you are going to learn skills that help you be in that messy gray area with it. Um, Cause I, I think there's so much emphasis around like, business coaches and marketing advice, it's always, okay, what is the deliverable? Like, what are people walking away with? And a lot of times that's really fucking intangible and depends a lot on how much that person shows up for themselves in the work, how, you know, how, um, like if, if it's a good fit, right? Like not every coach or every offering is for every person. Um, and I know for myself, the times when I haven't been explicit about the takeaway from this isn't necessarily going to be X, Y, Z, people end up kind of disappointed. They're like, oh, I thought I was going to sign up for this and find my purpose. And I'm like, okay, that's not going to happen over three sessions of a group coaching program. <laughs> like, sorry. And now I can see where my copy maybe wasn't clear that that's not how this shit works. Um, yeah. Anyway, right. <laughs> I could right. go on. Yeah. And, it, and I also think that it creates a situation where people, um, this is why actually so much of my content is really focused on like building trust with people like my newsletter. And I do like every, I've started every month doing like a free thing that you can come to. And like, I sell nothing on the call explicitly. I am not selling you anything. If you hear me mention an offer, then like, you can call me out for everyone. Like, um, because I think that we are having to really, um, we really have to show people that they can trust us because this, so many people have been burned by that style of selling things. And people are starting to read sales pages. I've definitely learned from doing, going through applications with people or being on sales calls with people. Um, people are learning to read sales pages and be like, this is what you're saying I'm gonna get. And this is what I think I'm probably gonna get. And I think that sometimes that it can also be really harmful because it kind of, I think creates this, it perpetuates this idea for these people that, for people who have really gotten that message that like, they're just never going to be able to make the improvements that they want. They're just never, it's never really going to be easier for them. Like either they're just missing something or like the coaches, right. And it's like, then there are other people who are out there who I think are not oversimplifying things and are able to say like, this is going to be like on a kind of a one-off basis. And this is going to depend on X, Y, and Z. And also I'm going to build in all these opportunities in working together where you can check in with me and let me know if the standard process isn't working for you. And you know what I mean? Like all these things that we think we're not allowed to do. And actually when you say like, I own this shit. And so I'm just going to do it the way that I want to, people are really relieved because they're like, oh, you're a human being. Wow. I haven't worked with like many people who just, you know, treat it that way. So. Or just people. <laughs> um, well, I know we're, we're just about at time. So Tristan, anything coming up for you that we haven't dug into? I feel like I went in a lot of directions. Last no, <laughs> I loved this conversation. I love listening to you talk. It's really inspiring and um, really in line with some of what I've been reflecting on and experiencing as I grow my own business. And so I just appreciate everything you're offering, Brooke, truly. And I'm literally like waiting till we get off so I can go subscribe to your newsletter, which is not something I normally do with that much eagerness. So, you know, just saying that. Um, Is there anything, Brooke, you want to share that you haven't shared? Anything that you want to, you know, say as a final concluding point or speak to that you haven't gotten a chance to? Mm. 
I think that the thing that I would just say is just like, you know, I think that we are sold, I think we are sold this message, like we said, where there's this, it's this binary thinking, which says that like, there's us, and then there's our success. And we need to somehow compromise who we are. And I just want to, people to know that in every case, in my own case, with all the clients that I've worked with, where I've watched this happen, actually, when you allow yourself to do things your own way. And when you really, really lean into who you actually are and when you refuse to compromise and you're unapologetic about that, like people take notice and things get easier. And also like, it will make you money. Like as an entrepreneur, I watch it over and over again. It will, people will show up because they will trust you. And oftentimes that's what it takes is people just want to be able to trust you and people can trust you when, when people will trust you when they can tell that you're being yourself. And so just, you know, look at where you're buying into this idea and like every step of the way, see like practice, not letting that bullshit win. Um, even if it's like, we were talking about burnout earlier, even if it's like, I can't take a nap right now because I have to do this or like my whole business is going to go to shit. No, that's not true. Like you're allowed to take a fucking nap. Um, right. Things that are like, even that seem so minor. I think it comes down to those, like those small choices. And yeah, when you're aligned with who you actually are, it makes such a big difference and people notice it. And so I promise you can do it. I promise. Oh, that resonates so much and just gets underneath everything about you that I'm so grateful for because just in case it's not coming through for anybody, this isn't just how Brooke is in her business. This is just how she is as a person all the time. And I'm just, I'm very grateful to call you a friend and, and to be on this entrepreneurship journey with you. And like we said, before we all started recording, like the three of us have never been in the same spaces before physically, like one day, one day, I'll hang out and do something really fun. Um, well, and I want to encourage, I'll, I'll link all this in the show notes, but I want to encourage everybody to follow you on Instagram, whether you're posting or not. Um, we'll link to your fabulous podcast, um, to your website, to your offers and your new, um, so your, I know it was formerly dream business training camp. What are you calling it now? Um, it's the transcend your dichotomy training camp. It's coming in January. Everything's about transcend your dichotomy now. And, um, yeah, so that will be the next thing. Amazing. Cool. Well, we'll be sure to link to that too. And um, yeah, just thank you so much for your time. This was super fun. And we're excited to be on your podcast soon too. Yes. yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for doing this podcast. Um, I think that it is so obviously needed. And I am just honestly so honored that you even wanted to talk to me on this podcast. Immediately, all of my imposter complex stuff started coming up and I was like, me? Why? Um, and so I'm really honored to be here and um, grateful for both of you. Oh, thank you. I, I'm so glad we could give you a chance to work through that then and so that you can really <laughs> soak it in that you deserve to be here and contributing to this conversation. Thank you, Brooke. Yeah. And honestly, like we struggled with that even starting the podcast. So Truly. We're in good company. I'm still yeah. thinking about stuff I said in episode one. So, you know, it's <laughs> part of the game. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Death is a pillory. Death is a pillory. Death is a pillory. Death is a pillory.